Welcome to the Death Kit Show. Let's go. To all my listeners, please go to thedifferentbook.com and pick up a copy of my new children's book, Different. 10% of every book sold goes directly to the cystic fibrosis charity, Emily's Entourage, which is searching for a cure for a unique mutation of the cystic fibrosis gene. I recommend Different to children ages five and up. Growing up as kids, we sometimes feel like we don't fit in with everyone else, whether it's our curly hair, a mole or freckle we don't like, being too tall or too short, the list goes on. Different teaches kids that we all have our thing and everyone is different, which means being different is normal. I'm very excited about this book and want to give as much as I can to Emily's Entourage, so please pick up a copy for your kids or grandkids or friends' kids and help me spread the word. Check out thedifferentbook.com for all the details. And if you haven't yet, please rate this podcast five stars and leave a review. It all really does help. to the GK Show. Fun music at the beginning. Yeah! Uh! Hope you're having a good day. Let's start the pod. Talking to Brady Matthews, who is an yeah. artist only. Used to do comedy. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I used to do comedy, and now I do it if you're going to pay me, but that's it. I mean, that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? I'm doing a free gig Friday, and I'm not taking any bookings. You know what I mean? If people try and hit me no. up, they want to give me money, that's not how I work. Uh, no. It's for charity. You know what I mean? Something I don't know about. So No, yeah. Is it, is it on the Royal Caribbean again? Or Oh, come on, man. I've never done a Too Royal soon? Caribbean ship. I wish, dude. That's the goal. That's I'm trying to that get. Is, <laughs> that's, the reason, that's the reason why we do comedy. I, I don't like land comics. You know what I mean? You guys stand on shore and you tell your jokes mm-hmm. inside buildings. Pretty lame. Mm-hmm. I like to float when I do comedy. Now, sure. Um, so... Brady Matthews is a former friend of mine, and now we're just acquaintances. It's been, you know, knocked down a notch. But you, Brady, I want to ask you about a couple things. But sure. your art has really taken off, I've noticed, yes, from afar. Yes, sir. And uh, so Brady Matthews' art is the Instagram, right? Is that where people should find it? Uh, Brady Matthews 13. Yeah. Brady Matthews 13 is Instagram. Okay. And, yeah, but uh, um, my website is bradymatthewsart.com. Oh, that's what I was thinking about. BradyMatthewsArt.com. Yeah. So how did you get into it? I listened actually when I was on the road. I was listening to some podcasts we did. And you never took any painting classes or art classes. No. You just kind of saw people doing it and said, I could do that. And then you really could? Um, I couldn't. I just, um, I started, I, I liked, um, I don't know. I liked, uh, I was at Sal's Comedy Hole of all places where you really get inspiration. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was there in the bathroom, and I saw this painting of an old uh, Ray Lichtenstein painting. And if you don't know who he is, he's a guy. He was like Andy Warhol before Andy Warhol. Lichtenstein, dude, right? Yeah, Lichtenstein. Yeah. I know that. So, yeah. Is he a, point, <laughs> yeah. Is he a pointillist? Do you do the docs? He did the docs. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know all about oh, okay. this, dude. Good. Come on. Right. I've been in New Zealand. If I say it to anyone, they're like, oh, yeah, is he like, does he work at the bagel company or something? They're like, no. So uh, uh, We had an art program into my public education growing up called Meet the Masters, okay? George Seurat. Yeah. I know all this stuff, okay? Yeah. Go ahead. It's pretty interesting. I mean, it's not interesting back then, but for me now, it's, I'm an old man, and all I tape is um, ghost stories and, and history channel and art shit. So, anyway. <laughs> I'm in the bathroom and I um I see the looking sign and I said maybe I could do this I I think I could probably paint this so I went home and uh, I bought a bunch of paints from the book from the art store and I just started painting and um and I did it and I sold it so I was you sold, wait, you, sold you sold your first you, you sold your first painting yeah um I was at I I, used, I don't know if you remember I used to be a personal trainer about ten years ago I kind of um, remember that yeah when you and I were uh, excited about comedy and young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, um, I, you know, it was personal training and then my, my clients would say, um, what do you, all this paint on your hands? And I, and I, and I usually have pretty late at night, um, on Adderall white wine and then I'd go train people. Total good thing. So, uh, <laughs> I would train people and, um, they'd be like, what do you paint all over your hands? And I said, oh, I, I started painting and yeah, um, it was a, it was a little girl. She was like tears coming down her eyes and like, um, blocky blonde hair. And the city's like, oh, she's like, my daughter would love that. And I was like, oh, right. she goes, how much? And I said, I don't know, seven fifty. And she goes, okay. I was like, what? Yeah, great. Seven fifty. Yeah. That was your first painting. Yeah, seven fifty. And then I sold another one. I'll I'll send you these pictures, dude. I don't know how I sold these. I sold another one of a guy in a little skull head. And it's a pretty big painting. And I wrote on the side of it, "Is this okay? I tried my best." And I sold that for seven twenty-five. <laughs> So that's it. okay. So about art, I don't know. If that, I think I might have left you a voice note or something because I'm big into those. But uh, yeah. when I was in Napa in July for my anniversary, my wife and I were walking around and we saw like this, uh, you know, this art studio or whatever. And we went in. Dude, the shit in there was fucking expensive. It was like eighty thousand dollars for this, and they were painting yeah. and sculpting. Yeah, and it was and- sit there. It was sit there for a while, for like years. Yeah, so then I start chatting up the lady whose art gallery, gallery it's not studio, art gallery it was, and she was a snob. <laughs> she was exactly oh, who you thought she would be. And oh, for sure. I thought of you immediately because I was like, oh, you know, because I saw, you know, you sold, you sold one of your paintings of Arnold Schwarzenegger and like some other yeah. really yeah. famous people. So we'll get to that in a second. So I said, I said to her, I go, oh, hey, I go, this stuff is so great. You know, it's all like really beautiful. And I could tell that these paintings, especially like, it's unbelievable that people were able to do this, you know? So oh, like, for it, sure. It's it, the, the detail is insane. It's, yeah, it's unbelievable. Like the, there's like just painting, a lot of paintings of wine too, like a wine glass or whatever, but it would just be a wine glass or wine being poured and everything just looked amazing. And so I get it. And uh, so I was like, oh, my buddy, <laughs> I got my buddy Brady's like artist and he's selling a lot of his paintings, you know, he's like, it's like his own style. It's really cool, you know? Like, You're like my manager. She, yeah, she immediately was just like, Cause I asked her, I go like, how do you decide like what comes in here? Not obviously all this stuff is great. I wasn't trying to be like, put my yeah. buddy Brady's stuff in your gallery. Yeah. I was just, you know, talking art. That's all, all I really, my only connection. And she was like, yeah, a lot of people, you know, tr- you know, it, it's, it's, she basically was like making, she was shitting on you without knowing you. Like, I can't remember exactly what she said. Sure. She'd never sure. seen her art. Right? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't show her a picture and I was just kind of like, this is kind of a bitch. And uh, she's like, it's actually not even legal to paint, uh, you know, portraits of people. And I'm like, oh, they're not portraits. Then I started, like, trying to not get you arrested. <laughs> I don't know if it was, like, art police. You know, <laughs> show up to your house and you're like, did you fuck you're like, actually, Michael Jordan? <laughs> yeah. 
uh, no, his name's Grady, and he just landed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, uh, but then she told me, she's like, yeah, it's just like, it, it's all just whatever people are willing to pay for it. And then she said, you know about this? There's some, I guess, artist that just did a blue line, and it sold for something like 50, I don't know, it's like something like $50 million or something. You know about Blue? That? So it's just, it's just glue? It, it, no, it's a blue line. It's just a line. Oh. This person, and then some, some people just for some reason were like, oh, this person's going to be big someday. So they bought it for millions and millions. It was like the most anyone ever paid for a painting or something. And then, so that, that was her way of saying that maybe you can get $50 million for one of these one day. But, I don't uh, even know. Like, I'm, I'm trying to Google it as we talk, which is always really great for conversation. Yeah. Uh, um, blue line, you said it's called blue line. I think it's just just look up the you know most expensive painting ever sold or something. I think that's what it was she was talking about, and it was semi recently. Let's just both clickety clack on a computer and figure this yeah. out right now. Most expensive blue line painting. I want to see this shit. As we're looking it up, how so? How do you price your paintings now? Because I mean, oh my god, dude! Six. I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. What is it? This is a, this was on Howard Stern. Yeah, yeah. It sold for how much? Yeah, an abstract painting New York artist Barnett Newman features a field of blue paint. That's it. That's Across it. The ragged white line sold for forty three point eight million dollars. That's in like Fuck you. How did that guy do that? I don't know, dude. Now I fucking. That sounds like a, that sounds like a money laundering thing. Do you ever see a? Yo, totally. Blue Eyes? Was that Mickey Blue Eyes with Hugh Grant where like they're laundering money through paintings? Yes. Was that was that uh was that that other thing with Robert De Niro? I can't remember. No, that's I think that's about right. Uh, yeah. Is Robert De Niro the only guy that plays a serious mobster in some movies and in other movies he's like a fucking joke mobster and it's just like we're just supposed to no matter what he does he's like all right. Is every time he's like a, a goofy mobster? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand it. So wait, so De Niro, so he's a really yeah, he's a really bad guy. Then other in other movies, he's he's a jokey uh, he's a jokey host. It's like he's making the worst host of <laughs> anything I've ever seen. Robert De Niro, he looks awkward. I mean, you saw Joker. Oh, I didn't see Joker, dude. I'm a, I have two kids. I don't see any. I see previews for movies, and everybody goes, "Oh, you got to see it." Oh, what's your opinion? And I'm just like. Yeah, I'm never gonna see that. <laughs> I want to see it. You should have just boot. I'm pretty sure you can just bootleg it on online somewhere. You're smart enough; you can figure it out. I uh, yeah, but I just think it's funny, De Niro. Not to get up. We're gonna get back to his painting stuff, but yes, that guy. It's like he's a serious mobster in some movies, and then he's a he's making fun of his characters in the serious movies and other movies. Like, uh, why can't I think of the name with Billy Crystal? Analyze this and analyze that. That's all oh. I'm thinking of. So, anyways. <laughs> So you, I don't how understand you price, how, how this price, has worked. This is funny. I have no idea. You don't understand why? That's crazy. I have no clue about how it's worth $43.8 million, bro. That's what That's I'm saying. Insane. I think it's the money. It's got to be money laundering. You know what I mean? Like somebody owes something. something or, if it's too good to be true, most likely something is behind it. What if somebody else tried to do a red line? They're like, oh, okay. Red line. It's only $20 million. People are like, get the fuck out of here, red line. Dude, I'll do, I'll, do, I'll do every single line you can think of. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what, how, do I, how do I price it? How do you price it? I, I don't know. So I, honestly, Jeff, I'll look at it and just go, that's 500 bucks or that's, that's 700 bucks. Like, I will tell you, I did a recent one um, for two grand for a 
now I guess big time comedian, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. I think we can all figure out maybe who that is. But, Are you talking uh, about Theo? Not Theo. He's, he does the show with Theo, but. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but it's you know, funny money to him. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just will look at the painting, and, and if I really like it, I'll go high. If I think it's pretty good, I'll go middle, and I think it's, it'll sell, I'll go like 500. I can't believe you do anything less than 750 after selling your first one for 750. No, I don't do anything really less than 750 unless I'm really hard up for money. So sometimes you gotta fight the bullet and sell for what you can. So, all right. So how did the how did the Schwarzenegger how did he find your art and how did he how that all go down? And um, I was a, I was working on a Jimmy Kimmel Live when I was uh, a working actor and comedian. I was uh, working on Jimmy Kimmel Live fairly regularly and um the casting department one of the girls she now works for schwarzenegger's company remembered that i do art she said would you mind doing um a painting for schwarzenegger for his charity and i said sure um i said i'm not gonna do it for free though she goes no no no." she goes we'll pay you and then we're gonna auction it off and i was like great so that's how i got that's how they found me through jimmy so you never got to hang out with schwarzenegger i couldn't i was out of town doing shows Oh, that sucks. I need, but I need the money, so I got paid for that, and I got paid for the show. So great. I'll be Arnold right. when I uh, when I do my other side. Do you think if you met Arnold Schwarzenegger, you would do an impression of him to his face and be like, "Hey, no one does you." <laughs> yeah, I go, "Hey, Arnold, how are you? Yeah, that was great." <laughs> hey, when you saw my painting, were you just like, oh, get to the shop? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you saw my painting, you're like, what is this? Get it down, <laughs> everyone. Dude, so if I, I thought you, short- yeah, if you should have seen, you should have seen all the other paintings that people did of him. Mine was, mine looked like, I'm glad I didn't go. I would have taken mine, put it in the car, and drove home. Oh, really? Dude, there were some paintings there. I'm like, holy shit. They look incredible. like pictures, right? Uh, they, they, looked, they looked incredible. They were beautiful. Yeah, mine looks like like I just get done graduating art school in high school. But you have a specific style. That's what I'm saying. You're not you're not doing you know you're not doing like a, off. yeah yeah like you you're, like all your paintings have a specific style. How do you come up with that style? I don't know, dude. I seriously don't know. I I it's just I swear to God, it's like Rain Man. I will sit out there and it just comes to me. I'll just start messing around on the canvas. I'll just start, and I'll I usually work on like three at a time because I need stuff. I need to wait for stuff to dry. So I'll yeah. be working on. Uh, so like right now I'm working on um, this the drummer for Boston. The, his daughter um, commissioned me to do one, and then I got commissioned to do Freddie Mercury for one of Freddie Mercury's old buddies. It found me, so I'm oh. doing that, and then I'm doing Patrick Swayze, and then I just did Sylvester Stallone, but that no one commissioned me to do that. That one was more for me. So I'm working on like four or five right now, just to keep me keep me busy throughout the days and then yeah they i got commissioned to do those two so that was pretty cool like the the, you, the, the, the daughter's the drummer's daughter found me through a friend who i did a um i did a small we did a short film together oh wow so it looks like your so, acting has really uh, helped your yeah your heart, your <laughs> yeah. <connection>. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah it's all coming together now finally Maybe uh, this is just a role where you're acting like an artist and it's just working out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. So I don't Wait, know, so do dude. You, I, 
how do you pick who you're going to paint? Like, obviously, if somebody commissioned you, oh, I want you to paint this person, fine. But you said you're doing filters alone and stuff. Is that just people you like or admire or you see a picture? And Yeah, do you look at a picture and then kind of do your own version of that picture or you just yeah. do it in your head? No, I'll, I'll look at okay. a picture and then I just kind of do my own thing. Like, I don't know if you've seen the big Chris Farley one that I did for Theo. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, that took that took almost like three months, but no one commissioned me to do that. I just I just wanted to do it on my own. Because I thought it was just uh, it's one of my favorite sketches from SNL. Um, she yeah. was gay, which is which you could never do nowadays, but uh, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, so uh, yeah, that one took forever, lots and lots and lots of detail. But I, when I look at a painting, sometimes I'll change up the hat or I'll change up if I can't actually do what's in the painting, I'll think of another way to do it. Like I couldn't do Will Ferrell's boots in one of these paintings I did, so I just put I put gold flakes all over the boots and then made a little bit of an outline of the boot because I just could not figure out how to do the boot. And it came out great. I don't know. I just, you, I love that. Seriously. Yeah. You just come, you just, you literally pull shit out of your ass. And then sometimes it looks almost better than what you thought it was going to be. Kind of like when you're, like, if you're on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I say you say you just pull shit up. Be like, oh, I can't figure out how to do that. So I'll just do this instead. It's like you're on stage, your material's not working, so you start shitting on somebody in the audience. The, the crowd's oh, like, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the perfect I can't way to get out this crowd. So I'll just fucking make fun of that guy. <laughs> totally, dude. You have no idea. So I'll go outside. I'll be on the look at that painting, and then you know, I my girlfriend Jackie. I'll walk in the house and I go, I can't figure this out. She's like, you say this every time, and I do. I do. And I literally look at it and I walk outside and I'll go, I don't know how the fuck I'm going to do this. I have no idea how I'm going to do it. And I yeah. just pull it out my ass. I don't know how it, like, I'm sure, well, no, you're, you're pretty, you're pretty confident when you go on stage. Like for me, sometimes I'll go on stage. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to, how, I don't know how this is going to work out, but you just got to do oh, it. That happens though. You run into certain crowds. I mean, certain crowds, like even when I'm working on these shits, sometimes, I, I, the last one I did is called a journey cruise, which is this, these are people who are retired and they have a lot of money. So they're on the cruise for like two, three weeks at a time, sometimes even like a month. Awful. These are people that, so yeah, so they're, it's not just like, oh, they're rich. It's like, oh, they're all old, like all of them. Like the audience yeah. is, I was trying to tell my parents and my parents like, what do you mean? Like us, like our age? I'm like, I'm talking like average ages in the seventies and I'm not making that up. Like there's, oh no. And then they go, I believe you. Dude, you just, and like you're on stage. And it feels like you're kind of eating it the whole time. But, like, you, like you hear laughs, and certain things do get bigger laughs than others. But, like, certain bits, like, as I'm doing it, I'm like, why would they get this? Like, they're not going to get this. Like, it's not going to connect. But then after the show, they all come up, and they're just like, that was fantastic. I feel like old people have seen yeah. so much. They're like, we're just going to sit back and enjoy. Thank you for being up there. And I did enjoy it. I'm not going to laugh. They're not, like, drinking, yelling shit out and partying, you know? So, yeah, I walk on stage, yeah. and I'm like, well, this fucking, here goes this set. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, I, it's even like uh, those those crowds are so tough because they all probably own a bunch of wineries. And they've, yeah, they've all seen it all. They've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, oh, cute joke. That's great. Oh, you're married? Yeah. It's been four years? Like, oh, neat. I'm I'm celebrating my 60th <laughs> on this cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I was like, I tried to pitch one of my books. I have, uh, I have my book. I just did my children's book, which that, that will be. I think I'll be able to sell that to people because a lot of people have kids that go to comedy shows. Of course, you know they're up like that, that 30s, 40s, whatever. But then I have my other book that I, I still sell. I made with my buddy where it's just, it's a funny book and crowds usually like it and I sell some. And it's just, a, but it's about, it's about um, online dating pickup lines. And when I was, <laughs> I was pitching that to these old people last week, and I go. 
I know you guys probably didn't meet on an online dating site. You guys met like after World War II, right? Like you got you fellows came home and then you know they, they yeah, were waiting World for II. you and then yeah, then you had a family. Yeah, I go, you guys like kiss in the middle of the street. I go, I've seen the pictures and then like they like like some people, old people laugh at that, and other old people are like, this is very offensive. I'm not that old. Yeah. It's like you're fucking old. Yeah. You're like, bro, you're hooked up to a breathing machine. You're old son. A lot of those motorized scooters on the ship. I go, you guys are on a ship, floating, also still driving. <laughs> yeah. even... That is pretty kidding. funny. That's good <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you got on a ship, ship to drive right. around? <laughs> um, <laughs> That's great. So how much are you doing? Uh, you still doing comedy and act? I saw you post that you still go on auditions and stuff. I never, I barely ever, ever audition for anything. Yeah, I have. Um, I'm basically back to square one with my my agent. From going from SNL to going to now just one sad little manager um, is great. It's really great. Um, I think that's the reason why I ramped up painting more painting. I just got sick and tired of the riffraff. Got sick and tired of the competitiveness. Got sick and tired of trying to kiss Booker's asses to, to get shows and blah 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 blah. Um, and also going to, on the auditions where you're like. I'm not going to get this. I know I'm not going to get this. The fact uh, yeah. I'm not going to get this. Um, I don't know. And it's just so out of your, out of your hands. So I do do a lot of acting stuff. I was on, on hold actually for Will and Grace reoccurring part, but they cut the role. So, um, <laughs> Isn't that the worst, too? Dude, Jeff, I'm telling you, I call my mom. I'm like, I'm on hold. I mean, like, who cares? I'm a 39-year-old man. I'm still calling my mom going, I'm on hold for Will and Grace. I know. Dude, doesn't as always, yeah, the, the auditions I've been on lately is uh, it's funny because my buddy, you know Dante. So Dante yeah. told me he's like, dude, is you he got to go five. You know what? Dante books a lot. I feel like Dante books a lot of stuff. I know he used to because he's a Model. model so like, yeah. So he goes in for like modeling stuff, and then he's usually Dante's a funny guy, and I think a lot of models are kind of like very serious, and yeah. he, so he he has people that really like him, I think, but. He um he told me he goes you got to go FICOR because all the commercial auditions like most all of them are non-union now, and then yeah. so I asked my he, and he he goes I think he's like he's like I say like sixty five percent are so I asked my commercial agent which is like one of the only agents I have left and I go hey I go should I go FICOR because I heard like sixty sixty five percent are you know non-union now and she goes it's more like eighty five ninety percent and I'm like really oh, and she's like yeah she's oh, like great. yeah so she's like do it so if anyone listening doesn't know like. If you're union, you can't go for non-union stuff. But I guess FICOR is a thing where you can audition for both. So now, when I do go on auditions, they're usually non-union. And so yes, that means you have to audition with some, like a lot of people who are non-union. And whoa, dude, I always hated going into auditions with other actors because usually I, I, they're not funny. I hate it when they, I used to, they used to pair you up and they go, hey, guys, so we're just going to give yeah. you this scene. You're going to improvise um, around this. And then they, when they no. pair you up, these fucking actors who aren't funny come up to me. They're like, hey, so we're paired up. Do you want to like, okay, so let's plan it out. I'm like, I'm not planning. Yeah. Oh, you want to yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You want to go over our lines? Nah, not at all. It's for, it's for I'm fucking like, Smucker's Jam. I'm not going over my lines for Smucker's Jam with you. Dude, this, the last one I went on, this lady, she, I think she wanted to go over shit with me. So she just, and this wasn't really improvised. Uh, so she just walks up next to me and I just stared at the paper like I was still trying to memorize my five lines and she was like on my shoulder like and she didn't say anything but I think she was waiting for me to turn so she could be like hey do you want to run our lines and I was just like I'm not looking at this lady I'm not going to look at her and then finally I just walked away from her 
But dude, you have to go into these auditions of these people, and they're clearly just like acting class. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm coming off like I'm the best actor or something, but these people suck a lot of them. Oh yeah, dude, big time. Big time. Yeah, like this one, this one lady. They go, okay. The guy goes, all right, we're gonna do two takes. Like one, just do it like straight, and then the other one, you guys can improvise. And this lady clearly, her improvising was taking all my lines, and then like not listening to what I said and just doing her own thing. I'm like, okay, well that sucks. And she thought it was great because she got everything out that she planned, <laughs> like her planned improvising. And I'm like, what was it for? Oh. So what was that for? I don't know. Uh, fucking what was it for? Those, I remember the room medication things on TV that you, you're like, mm, oh, this doesn't look legal. <laughs> no, you know what it's for? It's for, uh, I think it's for Bed Bath & Beyond. Oh, jeez. They commercials? But it's the worst, man. So, I did a Nissan commercial, you, and it was the last one I went out for, and I got it. And and I haven't seen it once, but still getting paid residuals, which is nice. That's uh, good. So it's union. I mean, it, I remember when I used to go... What would my wife be thinking? That's not going to happen. So, uh, in the middle of a podcast, babe, this is very serious. So, uh, yeah, I remember I went out when I was, this is when I was on the road a lot and I happened to be available this one week. I was in town and my agent goes, Hey, there's like a national McDonald's commercial. Uh, and it, and it happened. And, you know, again, for people listening, you have to, you have to be available the audition days, the callback days, and then the shoot days to even go out for something, right? And it all was happening that week, I guess. So it all was going to work out for me. So I audition, and uh, then the, the, I'm driving, and then like home, and then my agent calls me at the time and goes, "Oh, drive back, drive back. They they want you for the director session. It's down it's down to you and two two other guys. And there's and it was like a a couple thing. So it was like a guy and a girl in the commercial." I remember it was for McDonald's sweet tea when they came out with sweet tea. Oh, and yeah. I went in, dude, they made us like, they just paired us up. It was like a mix and match. Right. And I went in with two of the girls and nailed it. See, like me and these girls were like, we looked like we could date. Like we kind of looked like we date each other. And we, we did like really well in the room together. And then the third girl I went in with just didn't look like something. Like we didn't look like we date each other at all. We didn't look good together. And she didn't really improvise. And I remember she like made the scene kind of, I thought she made it kind of shitty in my opinion. Like she just made it real short. And the other one, yeah. like other girls I was having a lot of fun with. And then yeah. I remember I walked out and I go, if that girl books it, if they want her, I'm not getting this commercial. And the next thing I know, <laughs> she got the commercial and some other no. Yeah. And I'm like, I have a two out of three chance. Like, I killed it with those two girls, but they don't like those girls. I got that girl book. There's no way I get it. Yeah. And that then dude, that, that commercial ran for years nationally. That would have been like probably 30, 40, 50 grand. Oh God. It's the worst. The worst. Do you ever get an audition and then um, it's so shitty that they want you to self tape for it and you don't do it. And then they call you up and they go, where's the tape? <laughs> no, I've always been oh, really? self tapes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, nah, I'm not doing this. So I'll call you up and go, yo, did you not send them the tape? I'm like, what? I thought I sent them. I thought I sent them in. Oh. Now, I had to self tape the, the, when I got when I was with ICM, which is you know big agency. I yeah. uh, my 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 first audition, I was on the road. They go, hey, you got to self tape, and it was for a network show. I think it was for ABC, and it was a it was a lead role in this new sitcom. And uh, I was in Maine. I remember I was flying, and I got the audition. They go, they need it today. So when you self-tape in a hotel room, you know, you, you need, like, natural light because, like, the lamps aren't yeah. good, you know, the lighting. 
So the sun is going down. I had 15 pages, I think, to learn. It was three scenes. Oh, no. And I'm I'm doing this all over the the internet, over like Skype or something. I think my mom or my friend was reading with me. And I just, and I was nervous because I was like, not only do I have to do good, I have to send a self-tape to my agents. This is my first audition they're ever going to see. And if they look at it and go, this this fucking sucks. Like, why do you represent (laughs) this guy? And then so I send it and I'm just. Wait, where were you in Maine? I was in Maine in a hotel room. I remember the sun was like, I, I only had like 45 minutes before I was really going to lose the sun. So there's no, yeah, there's no, self, there's no self-tape places there. Because I've done that in Chicago where I, w- I actually went to a place where they actually did it for you, you know. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. Dude, so, but, 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 so then they, my agents call me the next day or so, two days later, something like that. And they go, hey, the network really likes you. They might want you to fly back to test. And I was like, oh, this is great. My agents are yeah. going to love me. And then they go, TJ Miller's testing for it right now. And I'm like, oh, TJ, that guy, TJ gets everything. And they go, but they don't think, they like TJ, obviously, but they don't think he's right for this part. And then next thing I know, of course, TJ booked it. But then I thought, like, oh, this is great because of my first audition ever, a major network wanted me to possibly test. And yeah, never that was tested, huge. By the way, for, yeah, and then my, it meant nothing to my agent. <laughs> like, they didn't give a shit. I thought they were going to be like, we got to get this guy tons of auditions. Give him some more stuff. Oh yeah, dude. That's how that's how my agency felt at APA in 360. I I did literally went and tested for SNL, and then my first audition was maybe when I got back a month later, maybe. And I'm like, that's insane. I'm like, guys, did do did we not? Oh, it's because they didn't get it, so we're just gonna be like, nah, all right. Well, we told me we were gonna sign with them, but yeah, and then I got dropped by both from literally within the year. So they didn't, they couldn't call uh, casting plates for other roles and be like, hey, Brady just tested for SNL. Like that doesn't. I mean, how's that not sure help? I don't know. I'm sure they could. And I had great auditions too. And I actually was on hold for a couple things too. Didn't get them. So they just dropped me. Dude, my my manager, my funny, my manager was like, hey, he goes, can you meet me for lunch at Beverly Hills Hotel? And I was like, sure. I thought maybe it was like a big opportunity <laughs> for a show or something. Sits me down. He didn't get any food. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. I'm about to get offed and uh, sits down and he goes, so uh, it's only show we're going to let you go. And I go, you Jeez. made me come all the way to the Beverly Hills Hotel to show me that you have status here to drop me, you fucking douchebag. <laughs> and I go, I go, all right, well, then I'm getting food. <laughs> so I got food and I drank <laughs> and it made, him, it made him pay for it. Did he stick around while you ate? No. Oh, no. he just left? Yeah, so I said, I said, well, I'm gonna get food. I said, you can pay for it. Yeah, That's so laughing. funny. I had a, yeah. I had a manager once when he was trying to, he would, he didn't even want to drop me, but like the, basically, I was with, this is when I was with, I was with Levity a long time ago, and then uh, a couple of years later, I hit up one of my managers that was there, just that, like, because I was still like on good terms with them. I'm like, hey man, can you just like submit like this thing and this thing for me? Like, is that cool or you know whatever? Or and then he goes, hey, hey man, he's like, he he jumps on the phone. He's like, look, he goes, you don't, you're not with so and so anymore. And I'm like, no. And he's like, look, he's like, I think I can get you back in here. Like blah, blah blah. Like you know me and you, I was really like you. And I'm like, are you sure, man? I go, because I don't think you know. I'm not gonna name names, but you know, like the top people there. I don't think they really like me or care. You know. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, and we made this. He made this plan. He made it right. He's like, he's like, I'm I, like, just work with me, and I'm gonna get you on a TV show and get you this and whatever. And then he goes, and then I'm gonna go. Yeah, he goes, I'm going to go to them, and then I'm going to – and I, I think I can get you back in, you know? And I was like, you know what? He's a good, he's a nice guy, and we always got along. I go, fine. And, again, I don't have any ill will towards this guy still, but it was just like a bonehead thing. 
And he, so I'm with him for like a year and I got myself on disaster. He had nothing to do with it. I guess I basically checked off all these things that like by myself that, you know, and then, so he goes, all right, this is great. And I go, yo man, what are we doing? Are you going to go talk to the bosses and see if they're willing to take me back on? Cause I know like there's a lot of partnerships that Levity has with these places. I'd like to, you know, get those opportunities if I'm going to be over there with you guys again. And he goes, all right. He's like, I'll talk to him today. He did so funny. He goes, I'll talk to him today and then I'll give him two weeks to decide. And oh, then, great. Uh, and he goes, and he goes, and, you know, and whatever. And I go, okay. So he talks to him. He calls me back and he goes, hey, man. He goes, what are you, uh, what are you doing uh, tomorrow? Do you want to grab lunch? And I go, Matt. Oh, I no. Name. But, but I, I go, dude, I go, I go, for what? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I, dude. Yeah. He, he, goes, he goes, yeah, let's, let's, uh, just grab lunch, you know, like, you no, want to meet up? No, like, we're, we're no. that way. And I go, yeah, dude, yeah. I go, they, they said no, right? <laughs> and it wasn't two weeks. It was, like, two hours later. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, I go, Matt, I go, no offense, dude. I go, I'm in Burbank. You guys are in West L.A. I don't want to, like, drive for no reason just because you're going to give me bad news. Like, we know each other. And he goes, he pauses and goes, well, let me close my office door. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I knew it, man. And then he goes, yeah. I go, I knew they wouldn't like, I go, this is like a whole year, dude. I go, I knew they wouldn't like, you know, take me uh, back on. And then he goes, uh, I'm a, I was kind of like upset. I was like, look, man, I'm disappointed because it's like, you know, it's like a whole year of my career. Like I actually had stuff going. I could have been, and he goes, look, he goes, you don't think I want to like be like a big manager too? Like I got the same type of pressure. And then I go, <laughs> Yeah, dude, but you get to manage as many people as you want. If one of them becomes Jerry Seinfeld, you made it. I go, I don't get to have 20 managers. And then if one of them hits for me, yeah. he goes, he's like, oh, that's a really good point. I'm like, you didn't fucking think of that before you said that. Out <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, and Jeff, I'll give you a heads up. No, no, he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. He's like, we're all in the same boat here. I'm like, give me 25 no. managers that are all working yeah. hard. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to let them all go if they're not doing their job right. All right. I want to ask you, I don't know if I've ever fully asked you about SNL. How did it come about? How did you get the audition? And what happened when you got there? Because I've heard stories about Lauren Michaels testing people and making people wait for a long time to test their nerves and stuff like that. So how did you get the audition? And you just submit a tape and then they said, let's fly them out the test or what happened? I'd been, I'd been submitting a tape since 2007. So oh, wow. I've been submitting a tape every year. But finally, in 2014, um, I was moving. I was done with the business. I was moving to Austin, Texas. I was going to be a full-time artist or whatever, figure it out from there. Um, I was just over it. And then so I submitted one more tape. And I literally, I had Aristotle, who's now crushing it. It was, of course, on a show. Oh, yeah. Um, um, Which show's he on? Help. Silicon Valley. Oh, Aristotle's on that? Oh, good for him. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Roll, whatever. Anyways, he helped me with it. So he said, um, I said, I'm going to make it real simple. I said, I'm going to do celebrities doing impressions. Celebrities doing an impression of them, of them doing an impression of, of them doing a commercial for bubble wrap. So I had like Mark Wahlberg, Ben Affleck, Bruce Willis, Ryan Reynolds, um, Bruce, did I say Bruce Willis? I did. Um, is that Adam Levine? I had. Um, did you do Fallon too? I did Fallon, yeah, Fallon. I did yeah. Fallon doing John Travolta doing the thing, the commercial, whatever. And then I did two characters. Um, this guy Cuban Rubin, then I did another guy named Terry who works in a toll booth but pretends that he secretly wants to be a male stripper. So, okay, yeah. So I sent that in, <clears throat> and my agent goes, "Well, he goes, they really liked it. He goes, so can you come to the callbacks?" I said, "Sure." 
I'm still moving my shit out. I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. Um, I go to the callback, <clears throat> crush it. Uh, APA comes up to me afterwards and they go, dude, do you have a agent? And I said, I do. They go, would you really like to go into a bigger agency? And I said, yeah, I am. It's like all the stuff that you just, you feel like finally the ball's rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and then during that week I was, um, um, I got the call. Um, and I was moving stuff out and I got to call and they go, we want you to come test in New York. So I go on the patio, I call my mom, I'm crying, I'm excited, I'm pumped. My life is changing, this is great. Things are happening. Um, I don't move. And I, the whole week I'm getting spots at the comedy store, Laugh Factory, Improv, APA secretly giving me these auditions even though I'm with another agency. Um, and... Uh, I got a standing ovation at the parlor when I got done with my fucking audition. It was just like, dude, everything you possibly could ever oh, you were, want. You were, just, you, were, you were running like your characters yeah. and stuff and the impressions? I was running, oh, I was wow. running my five minutes. And it was great. I was just crushing. And it was going great. For the first time in my life, I actually loved my material and felt confident every time I went up there. So um, long story short, I get to L.A. or I get to New York. And it's like me and Santino, Pete Davidson, um, Ryan O'Flanagan, a couple other guys. And um, we're sitting there and waiting in our separate rooms. I waited maybe like seven hours, eight hours. Seven hours? <laughs> yeah, sitting in Keenan Thompson's room. Yep, just sitting there. And um, and then they come and get you, and I go downstairs, and they go, um, all right, wait in the hallway. And um, you wait in the hallway, and then you go in there, and they go, you all set up, and I went to the booth at the top, which was so cool. It's like, I got, it's like you got a tour of this place that you might be on. It's so crazy. Yeah. You watch me with a little kid. Um, and then, I, I, so long story short, um, they were supposed to play my music for my last character. They didn't play it. So oh. I took my phone. I put the microphone up to the phone, and I just played the music through my phone. Okay. Um, yeah. and, uh, Do you think they did, did that on I, purpose to throw you off? I mean, had to have, had to have, but okay. I had it already queued, ready to go just in case. I mean, Jeff, I had every, all my ducks in a row. I was like, I was ready to go. Uh, and then they go, all right, ready, ready, five, four, three, two, one, go ahead. And you just go into your act. And you're and done. How, and how long, and then, how long are you up there? Five minutes? I was up, I was up there five, like five minutes and change. And then Lauren's sitting there with about 20 other writers, pitch dark with their little lamps over their, their notes. And uh, that was it. And then the fairy tale ended, and uh, that was it. Do you get like, yeah. a, is that the type of thing? You usually just do an audition, and then you don't hear anything. Do you? Do they actually yeah. like your agents tell you like, oh, you got to no? know? Like they said no. Or I it mean, just fades away like every other audition. Like, oh, I never heard fades, anything, and the new season started. <laughs> yeah, fades away. Ryan O'Flanagan, Santino, and Pete Davidson were the only guys that went and talked to Lauren, and not me. So, oh, they didn't hear talk to Lauren. Nope. Nope. Weird. Yeah, it sucks. What, what did but, Andy, what did Santino say about what uh about when he talked to Lauren? Not a whole lot. See, you kind of have to have some heat before you even get into that audition. And I think they find guys that don't have heat, but they're they have talent and they have good characters and um, impressions. But they take Pete Davidson because Jimmy Fallon vouched for Pete Davidson. He wanted yeah. he wanted Pete Davidson on SNL. So Lauren yeah. loves, you know, Jimmy and said, okay, done. Pete Davidson gets it. Good. Wow. 
I know. It's crazy. It it's so crazy. And you left, uh, the agent you left, I'm going to do my synopsis with up and say name again, but the agent you left to go to APA, that guy used to be my agent at one point. Yeah. And then yeah. I wanted to. I'm with you. I really like it now. Oh, you are? Yeah. That, wait, are you, at, are you at his agency with his assistant? <laughs> no, I don't have an agency right now. I have a manager that's it. Oh, that's your manager? So. Mm-hmm. So he, I really liked him, but it was, it was interesting because when he was my agent, I was on disaster date, which I, I, oh, yeah. I got that. I, I had nothing, no agent or manager had anything to do with getting me disaster date. That was all like a personal relationship um, that I, I'd auditioned at MTV a while ago and booked it. And then they, when they came back, they didn't pick me up for the pilot. It was a long after the pilot presentation because they kind of messed up my date. It was a long story. Right. Anyways, then second season, like because of a personal relationship I had, the EP on the show who they brought on after they didn't pick me up for the first season was like, Oh, like he, he had to fight to get me an audition. I had to audition again. But anyways, I was on that show. They wouldn't let us audition during pilot season. And that was like the first pilot season I was in town. Cause I was actually shooting a TV show. Cause I was always on the road. And so they wouldn't let us audition because, you know, we're on this hidden camera show and they didn't want us to book something. And then like people would recognize us like, Oh, that I just saw a person on whatever, how I met your mother, whatever, you know? So yeah. it would give it would give away the thing. So I didn't get to audition anything, and then the next year rolls around, and uh, and I wanted to go with this manager, which I'm not going to say her name either, but she had three guys that were getting a bunch of stuff, so I really wanted to be with her and that company, and then she, I, I told her she'd come out and watch me, and she did, and she wanted to rep me, so I go with her, and then I found out right after that that all those guys left her because like she was not doing anything for them, and I guess the stuff they were getting was all just not having anything to do with her, so right. I was stuck with her. But anyways, the agent that we that we're talking about, I told him like, oh, I want to go to that management company. He didn't want to work with them, and then he so then he was basically like, yeah, like I think he did he drop me or I had to drop him or something because uh, he didn't want to work with them. And then he said he told her something like, yeah, like he didn't have a good pilot season last year. And I thought that was like a weird. I still like the guy. I still don't know why he said that though because I didn't. I didn't go out for anything. I went out for like one thing, I think at the very end, because like the, the show did that. They finally let us go out for stuff, but I didn't really have a pilot season. He's like, yeah, he didn't have a good pilot season last year. Really? I was like, just say you don't want to work with her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care. <laughs> it was just like yeah. a weird dig, but Seriously. did you try and never get back with him? Kind of like, I did. I actually your- tried to get back to him. I did. Um, he's, he's not with that agency anymore, and then uh, he never responded back to me. So. Oh, he didn't even respond? No. I don't blame him. I dropped him. <clears throat> I just dropped him. After all the stuff he did for me, just dropped him. Yeah, yeah. pretty messed up. Well, yeah. I'm going to stick with him or go with a bigger group. And then when I got with the bigger group, APA, they sit me down and they go, they call me on the phone and they go, hey, good news. We want to rep you. We're on the fence, but we want to work with your manager. They wanted to work with the manager. Who's your manager? That's why that yeah. you know, pushed him over the fence. They said they said we were on the fence about you, but we decided to go with it because uh, we really like your manager. Jeez. I was like, I should have been like, whoa, that's a red flag. Yeah, you know, dude, they're also strange because I had a guy who um, this guy was. I, I only went with him because at the time he was. I think he lied to me, but they were managing comics at the Laugh Factory or something. So I'm like, oh, this will get me a lot of spots at the Laugh Factory. I but then, 
Yeah, but then I came to find out, like, him and his wife, they were, like, managers. They didn't have offices there anymore, and I think, like, they used to be managers of people at the Laugh Factory. Anyways, so this guy was trying to get me with uh, an agent. He's trying to get me at Innovative. I don't, I don't even know these people. I can't remember these people's names. But he's trying to get me these two guys at Innovative, and they were good. You know, they had a lot of people I knew, and they, they seemed to be working hard for people. And I, I'm like, that would be cool because they have a, you know, personal appearance agent, and the other guy does, like, you know, TV and film. So that would be great. And then I was on a TV show. That was when I was on Jerks with Cameras and all that stuff. Again, right. nobody – everything I've ever gotten that, like, is anything – actually, not everything. I got a couple things when I was at Jerks that they helped get. But uh, all the TV shows, like, it was all just, you know, the people, the producers wanting me. So I'm on Jerks with Cameras, and then he he pitches me to these guys, and they say no. And he was like, man, that was really weird. Like, I don't know why they said no. You're on a TV show and blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there like, man, I can't even get an agent, you know, like, and I'm on a TV show. I know it's not the biggest TV show, but it's a TV show. And uh, then I found out from Helen Hong, she was with those agents, and she had that manager, and she told me when she dropped that manager, her agents called her. Those two guys were like, we're happy you dropped them. We can't stand working with him. He's the worst, right? So then I'm like, dude, this guy, those agents didn't pass on me. They passed on him. They didn't want to, yeah. to rep me because he was my manager. There's like all dude. these weird things go on. Dude, the guy that used to rep us, when I was dropping him, asked if he could just split me with whoever I was going to go with new. Oh, really? I was like, that's cool. Yeah, he was willing to split me with whoever was I was going to go with. And I asked my manager, you... can, can, we, can we split? And he goes, no, there's no splitting. With, no, we're not doing that. Stupid. I'm like, fucking fuck, dude. Yeah. I know. It's so Sorry, strange, God. dude. The best manager I ever had was a guy, the first guy I ever had. And then he left the business because he had like a, he had like a mental breakdown. And he, and he was, he was, he was like by far the best manager I had. He had like a midlife crisis. I think he was like, he got a divorce and everything, but that guy was great. Like he was all about like making sure I got good at stand up and he got me on the road. And cause he wanted me when I came back to LA, he knew that like I'd be better than the other young people. Cause I was like more polished and like everything he was doing was working. And then he just like had a breakdown. And then I was with a manager. This guy's not even a manager anymore. It's so funny to see all the managers we've had that, like, not in the business anymore. I'm like, so I'm still here and you're not. <laughs> so I was yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah, I've, been, I've been with quite a lot since through the whole process. And I'm like, commercial agent, I can't even get arrested to get a commercial audition at all. Nothing. Are you? Because even, you're, though, you're, even, though, even though I booked one, she still can't get me auditions. But you're union, right? Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I start. I, I actually, when I'm in town, they do get me auditions because I'm that FICOR thing now. But the thing that sucks is, it's just weird, man. They were, I had to tell them, hey, I can't go. I go. I go they're like, what do you want to submit you on? Like, because <laughs> these non-union commercials could be like 500 bucks. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to go drive and park and pay to park and audition for something where I might get 500 bucks. You know? Right. So then I go. Let's make it. I go. Let's make it like minimum 1500. And they're like, all right. And then I was like, hey, that's not worth it either. <laughs> I go like, I think it's like three grand now. Cause dude, going to audition and then you might get stuck with some shitty actors that suck or you just might not look the part. Like I always tell people there's a million reasons why you don't book something, especially a commercial. And then there's only one reason why you do book something, you know? Oh, you, sure. I, I, know when I, I remember when I was younger, I used to go on auditions and because of that headshot I had, I would go in for things where I was not good looking enough and I knew I wasn't. Like, all the other guys were models. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'm good looking for a comic, but these guys are fucking gorgeous. Like, these guys are, like, bone sure. structure is perfect. And That's then I what happened to me when I would 
I would have the same thing yeah. when I go in for modeling auditions. But some of the times they're not looking for the best looking guy. They're looking for a guy that's just, you know, relatable, relatably look good looking. That makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, dude, I, I remember I, I never, I have this thing, it might be in my own head. I think that I either take a picture and it's like way too good of a picture. And then people think I'm better looking than I am when they see me in person. And I'll take other pictures where I'm looking really goofy. And then I show up and I, I, I remember I would go on other auditions when I changed my headshot. And all the other guys going in were just, you know, kind of like stereotypical nerdy looking guys. And I'm like, I seem like the coolest dude ever here. You know what I mean? And I'm not, but like, I just look like a jock around these guys. So I, I felt like I was always going in for the wrong thing. I was either not good looking enough or I was too cool looking or something. Did you ever go in for modeling jobs? <laughs> Never. Really? I'm not good looking enough to be a model. I mean, I used, I used to be like really in good shape, but I, was, I don't think my face is good enough to be a model at all. Yeah. Getting older, it's funny seeing how your body just slides. You're like, what the fuck is this? Dude, I used to see my body like if I got like a little out of shape, I'm like, ah, I'm gonna get hit it hard for three days, and I was just ripped. Yep. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, oh I gotta sure. do this for three months. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Now I'm actually looking up diets. I'm looking up testosterone boosters. I'm like, do I need that? Like, I'll actually look at the Frank Thomas commercials, and I'm like, do I need that? It's not working for <laughs> Frank. Same thing. Would that work for me? <laughs> that Frank, Frank Thomas. He's fat, and he's telling everybody to take that shit. Well, he's telling everyone to take it, and then he goes, also, your wife will love it, too. Will she? Frank, you're 400 pounds, bud. I wish she came breathing <laughs> on top of her. What are you talking about? Well, a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Oh, yeah. This is what I wanted to ask you about painting. I, I've been wanting to work a joke about this for literally probably a decade, maybe more, maybe 15 years. I've been trying to do a joke about how you know people that paint nudes, you know, they, they do, like, yeah. nude portraits, right? I go, how many bowls of fruit do you have to paint before you could convince some chick to come over to your apartment and just take her clothes off because you're a painter? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, no, I do this. Like, just get naked, come over, I got a studio. Like, how is that yeah. creepy? It is. But I don't know. For art, I don't know. I don't know. How is softcore porn not creepy? I did a softcore show for Showtime called Femme to Tell. Oh, did? Yeah. You did Femme Fatale? Yeah. Oh. How long ago was you that? Know, that was the old show. Yeah. Like, what? Eight years ago? Yeah. Oh, eight. Yep. I, I had to nine. bang and check on, on a desk. I had to bang and check on a desk, and I left my socks on. It was great. Do you just, so what do you do? Pablo Francisco used to do an old joke about how softcore porn, it just looks, it's all from the waist up. So it looks like everyone's just moving furniture. There's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. What, yeah. what did you, did you still do comedy? Yeah, he just tours, and I'm sure he still sells out everywhere. But what do you have to do in a soft core thing? I had to play an attorney class, right? where my my three uh, my three clients were um, working for the cartel, and they're like the three hot hot chicks that show their boobs, and um, and then I had to bang one on the desk. And it's so uncomfortable. It's so weird. You have to put the stupid cock sock on thing, and it's weird, weird. And so she's just, she's just like, uh, uh, and you're just like, ugh. Yeah. You talk, you say, like, do you like that? No, you not curtain, really. Right? No, you just lay there while she does her thing on you. And then the director's like, good, good, guys. Let's um, let's regroup. Let's reset up. Um, guys, let's do a little bit more, just a little bit more intense. Got it? Cool. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> How long yeah. did that shoot? Um, we shot for three days. 
I, had, I was the lead. I was the lead guy. I'm not talking about the acting. I'm talking about the actual sex scene. <laughs> yeah, we did it for three days. No, the sex scene was, um, I don't know, hour? Do you Were you single at this time? Um, uh, yeah, for sure. Do you, do you talk to the other actors and try and hang out later? Like, hey, do you want to, like, really have sex? No. How could you not want to kind of have sex with the girl you just faked having sex with for so long? Because she, she was not that hot. Oh. Yeah. Did that without a blow to your ego? You're like, this is what I'm paired up with? <laughs> not at all. I don't care. I just wanted to get paid. I need money. I don't need money. I always thought that's yeah. funny when there's like a movie made about a real person. And it's like, really? Brad Pitt gets to play you? Did you ever think Brad Pitt who <laughs> gets to, you know, like Billy Bean and Moneyball? I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. <laughs> also, Tom Hanks looks nothing like Mr. Rogers. We couldn't find fucking Sam Rockwell to play that part. Like, come on, give me a break. Oh, that's a good point. I think Tom Hanks is just so likable. Wouldn't that be funny if you got really famous and then they did a movie about your life and Paul Giamatti is <laughs> casting like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> Sly Stallone. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, oh, you said you mentioned ghost stories earlier. And then we'll just, I know you've been on the phone for a while, but uh, you watch ghost shows? Oh, every single one of them. Doesn't it bother you that they never fucking find a ghost ever? Never. And everything's very cold. Everything's very cold. It's always cold. Somebody talks yeah, about I felt a cold. You feel that? Oh, I felt that. And there's five minutes. Yeah. Talking Come about over here. Cold. Put your hand here. Look at the thermonuclear. My hand is bright red. His hand is yeah, is is uh, cold. My hand red. His hand cold. You see? And you're like, so what? So what? Yeah. You can do that in post. You can make this shit up. I know. I love that. I love all that shit. You know what show I love the most though is um, Paranormal Emergency. That one's that one's actually was pretty good. It's where people have their paranormal stories. So it's not investigators. It's just stories. So they kind of tell their story. That's yeah. Good. What about? <laughs> yeah. Do you see that one with with the three black guys? I think they're they're called Ghost Brothers no. or something. No. No. You <laughs> fucking haven't seen I mean, that it's like we're, we're trying to tell stereotypes. Black guys. Black guys can't swim. Black guys aren't scared of ghosts. Black guys can swim. Black guys are scared of ghosts. But do we really need TV shows to 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 make sure that we have everything? Everyone okay? Why don't we have then? Why don't we have? Why don't we have Armenian guys uh, going in for for ghosts and Italian guys like hey, fucking scared of this shit? <laughs> <It was> this. <laughs> no, these guys are they, they're ghost hunters and they're all just I, I don't know if they're actual brothers or it's like a play on like the whole black guys brothers thing or whatever. Like we're all for bro- sure. like brothers. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know if they're related. That's what it's so, funny. Yeah. It's like because I, I watched one episode. This guy, these people are like, yeah, we're getting scratched up a lot, and uh, they're like, oh yeah, that, and they're, they're like, oh man, you hear that? Like when they have some, they always have like some weird thing where they can hear voices. And they're like, yeah, it looks like it's probably this ghost is doing the scratching. They're just like, hey, Anastasia, are you scratching yeah. people? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be go. funny. It would be a funny sketch if you had like we had some guys that are like like pizza makers. They're like, we're gonna put these three pizza makers in this haunted house. Like, what the fuck is going on? They had to like talk about who goes in the bathroom on this one. They're like, they're like, all right, who can go in the bathroom and like see if they get scratched? And then this like, the guy just gets in the bathroom and there's like a that. camera on him the whole took time. His, took his shirt off. Yeah, he just lays in the tub and waits to get scratched. And then he comes out and looks the next day to like, Anastasia, why you scratch Jerome? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> these, these ghosts, 
they're talking in like the uh, the white noise, you know. So it's like they're not going to belt out full paragraphs, to you, you know what I mean? They're just like, yes, leave, <laughs> you know, shit like yeah, that. They're not going to be like, sure. well, here's why I'm scratching people. Actually, when I was alive, I went through a really traumatic experience with a cat, and uh, you know, what I mean, yeah. it's not going to be like a long thing. It'd be funny if it was, if it was like she was like, bitch, bye. That was like she was like her ghost <laughs> just kept saying, bitch, bye. Man, I dated a girl once who said she could see and speak to ghosts. And I believed her. You believe in ghosts? Uh, yeah, I believe in like spirits, sure. But uh, it's you know Thomas Dale. Yeah, yeah. Thomas is such a good guy. So he's 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 transitioning into a clairvoyant now. Oh, give me, dude. You know he's bi gender too. He told me he's, Who? he talked about it on stage. Thomas. He said he's bi gender, and I said, I go, yeah. what's that mean? He goes, so you go. Sometimes I'm a guy, sometimes I'm a girl, and I told yeah. him because. My wife, Christy was never a big fan of Thomas because he was always, like, touching me way too much. And I was like, oh, we're buddies, you know? And uh, so I told when he, when he told me that sometimes he's a girl, sometimes he's a guy, I go, look, dude, I go, I hate to break it to you, but uh, you got to stop hitting on me and touching me so much because I'm a married man. I can't have some fucking bitch trying to fuck me all the time. <laughs> he was like, no, but that's when we're boys. That's when we're just hanging out. <laughs> he's like, I'm a yeah, guy. No, I was like, oh, no. Whatever. Nah. Set, you're gonna yeah. be a clairvoyant. How do you just transition to that? I thought it's a special thing you're born with. Yeah, he says he can he can read people's energies now. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, here. I go, you can't read. I go, you haven't been able to read my energy for a half an hour. I've been trying to kick you out of my apartment for <laughs> 45 minutes. Dude, Thomas is great. I told him I, I wanted him to come on my podcast a while ago, and I go, hey man, will you come on? I want you to talk about this bi gender thing, you know, because like people are all talking about this stuff, you know. And uh, he was like, look, he goes. No offense, he's like, I love you, but like, I, I, I'm like, I can't do these things for free. Now that I have this on my phone, I'm sure he'll do it. He told me he would do it after this happened. But he's like, I can't do podcasts. Up. And I thought I did yours, and I just go, you fucking did Brady's podcast? And, and I thought it was like, you, you, your thing is in that comedy pop-up studio, right? Yeah, and and, oh. and it was his and I interview was terrible, and um, it was it was terrible. <laughs> so he said, so I told him, I go, I can't believe you did Brady's. I go, you son of a bitch. And then he goes. Brady bought me lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, bought, okay. I had to buy him lunch. He's big on getting something for it. Whatever. I'm uh, gonna have, I'm I'll have you on mine next week. A uh, total of uh, 100 people listen to it, so it'll be great. Ah, uh, whatever, dude. You know what I mean? It's good to, it's good sure. to let people know we were here when we're <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah. What, um, what, what's the name of your podcast again? Your first uh, my, my first with Brady Matthews. My first. So what's the theme of yours? Uh, your first fuck up to your first bed um, stand up special or special your first stand up gig your first awful audition first time in West Virginia first movie you went to all first stuff oh. we hit, hit it all it's fun oh that's fun remember yeah. did you ever do my guys have no game podcast a long time ago I have not oh well I, was, I had that podcast a long time ago and then I did that other one with my buddy that did really well or whatever for a while. Cause we were talking about the bachelor and it's like a very, I feel like a pocket need to have like a niche thing you talk about. And then, then you get all those people. But, um, so when I had my guys have no game one a long time ago, when I was in Burbank, I just have people come over and I had a lot of like big people on there that are, I mean, they're big now, like Hassan Minaj did it and stuff, but, uh, I won't say the guy's name cause it's so funny, but I basically, I'd had men and women on and I would ask them like, you know, were you, how were you with, if it was a guy, like, how were you with girls growing up? You know, like, were you like, 
you know, did you get girls or younger? Like, what was that like? I thought it was like an interesting thing because some people were like always good with women and some were bad and then they got good and whatever. And then I'd ask women the same thing, like about like, what do you hate about getting hit on? What's like annoying? All this stuff, right? Pretty fun little podcast. I should have kept yeah. that going now that, now that I think about it because I did have like more people that were engaged with me online back then. So there, <laughs> there were people listening to it. But uh, the one guy, I will not say who it is, I said, uh, he asked me, like, what my move was after a show. Obviously, this is when I was single. Like, after a show, like, if a girl, like, comes back to your room or something, like, how do you get it started or something, you know? Like, how do you, you know, get things going? And he's like, do you have a move for that? And I'm like, yeah. And I told him mine. And then I go, why? What's yours? Because he obviously brought it up. And he told me his move. And then, like, long story short, when Louis C.K. got, like, in trouble for his whole, like, jerking off front of people thing, I texted the guy. and like, yo, dude. I go, Louis C.K.'s career over because he's got the same move as you. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he was terrible. He's like, dude, you got to delete that. Is that still up? I go, I don't think that podcast is up anywhere. And then he, uh, I, I searched and it's not. And I go, yeah, man, it's not up anywhere. Like, it's not hosted or anything, so it's nowhere. Or you can't listen to it. And he's like, oh, thank you. Like, you know, thank God or something. He's like, I'm so terrified uh, or something. And then uh, and then I was going to my computer, and there's all these unmarked files that are like, Zero 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 one zero 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 four like that, and I was just like, "What are these?" And I clicked on it, and I'm like, "Whoa, these are all my old podcasts." So I told him that I found the file. I'm like, "Look, dude, how much are you gonna pay me to get rid of this thing?" <laughs> and he genuinely wanted me to delete it, so I did. Really? Yeah, it was on my computer. Yeah, he was. Just, he, he was. He's so paranoid that something was gonna happen. This was not Hassan, by the way. I know I mentioned his name. This was not him. It was somebody else. But <laughs> it was just so funny. His, his move wasn't really exact. It was very similar, though, to the Louis C.K. <laughs> jerking off. I mean, that's insane, dude. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's such a touchy subject. How do you feel about how, like, everything is, uh, like, offensive nowadays in comedy? Does that kind of just make it not fun, right? I mean, it's kind of really – it's really put a damper on stand-up comedy, if you ask me. It's just everyone's offended by everything. I went on stage the other night, and I was talking about – um, this lady at Petco, who she she doesn't work there. She smokes cigarettes outside and it's sad. She likes to look at the dogs, blah, blah, blah. And the lady in the front goes, oh, that's mean. Oh, jeez. I want to make that. You just ruined the whole vibe of the room. So now everyone, so I have to ditch this joke because cause you decided to think that this is mean. It has a happy ending. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I don't know. People just want to be part of the show now. Everyone thinks they're famous. Everyone thinks that their their opinion counts. That's annoying as fuck. Speaking of, yeah, I'm like gonna cut this short. Um, you want to come do my podcast tomorrow? <laughs> you know what? I could have done it tomorrow. Well, if I get someone to watch my son, my my kids usually go out to my in laws on Wednesdays and Thursdays, and that's like the day where I wake up and I try and do as much as I can, you know, on Wednesdays and yeah. Thursdays. And I told my wife, I'm actually back in town for I turned down all this work in December because I'm married and have kids. So couldn't mm-hmm. work over Christmas anymore. And I'm Jewish. I used to be like my time to whatever. And then I one, I turned down this gig. It was good, really good money. I won't say how much I turned down, but in December I could have made really good, probably my best month all year instead of making zero because uh, of my, and all related to my wife's birthday and Thanksgiving and having kids. I missed like six Thanksgivings in a row when I was single. I was always on the road. But anyways, uh, so I said to my wife, I go, Christy, I go, now that I'm in town, like, we got to figure out some sort of system where I can get stuff done because I go, I'm watching the kids, like, Levi all day, and I go, my daughter goes to school now. But it's just like, you can't get anything done when you have kids. And no. so she's like, oh, she goes, well, don't worry. She goes, you all, at least you know you always have Wednesdays and Thursdays, and we'll try and figure something else out. 
And then so this morning, That's I fun. wake up early to help her, you know, get the kids ready for school or get lay ready for school. And she goes, oh, by the way, she goes, my mom can't watch uh, Levi tomorrow because we got a hair appointment. And, like, I'm not mad at her mom at all, but I'm just like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> That's like yeah. half of my work week. I have two days right. to work. <laughs> what gone. am I supposed to I'm do like, now? What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. So I'm trying to set up this other meeting. I've been this guy, uh, producer, been wanting to meet with me about this show I wrote. So I might see if my mom or something can watch it. I'll let you know. Anyway, this is all on the podcast. Yeah. You know what I mean, I'm going to keep this in so everyone knows we're genuine. But, uh, yeah, so Brady Matthews, everyone go check out his art. I have about Please. 2 million listeners on this, Thank but you. I don't do ads because it's all for the art of the podcast community. I yeah. like it. But, uh, Brady Matthews 13, bradymatthewsart.com, and yep. uh, check him out. He's also done a Nissan commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Big big stuff happening. Um, can, hey, can I ask you this real quick? Are you ever allowed to, like, submit again to SNL, or is it kind of like they said no one? Yeah, I guess you can, but I think that's 30, they don't kick guys that are 39 years old and not have no heat so dude the heat man i feel like mm-hmm. I, I didn't realize how much heat mattered with little things because i never felt like i was very successful i know i was on like some shows and stuff and there was like that one year like 2007 2008 i was like i did like the late late show i did hbo i did chelsea lately i did like all these things and it felt like i was getting stuff but then yeah i always i always felt like hey like until I, I did Comedy Central that year, I'm like, until I make it, until like, I have fans, like, I don't really feel like I've, I'm where I want to be. So I never, like, had any big ego about anything I did. But I didn't realize the second I wasn't on TV anymore, those, like, shitty bookers, those guys that, like, are not comics, but they want to be comics, and they just go on stage. But they have, like, good shows because all they do is stay in town and promote their shows. And they have, like, like the, booker the, com- or the booker at the last night, you mean? Uh, the guy was, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I could say, dude, but I'm talking about yeah. the guys that just, like, have their independent shows. Like, this yeah. one guy, he used to hit me up all the time. He's like, hey, man, he goes, you're in town. Like, you can come to my shows. And the shows are always great, you know, shows because they're packed. They had Bringer Comics who were filling the room. And he's like, yeah, whenever you want, you know, come by, do, like, 10, 12 minutes, work stuff out. And those, those shows were awesome. And then I remember as soon as I wasn't on TV, I just stopped hearing from that guy. And I never thought I was getting those spots because I wasn't famous. Like, I was on some shows here and there, but I wasn't, like, a famous comic that if you said I'm popping in at the show, like, everyone would be like, can you believe Jeff Keith popped in? Like, so I I never realized that those guys were putting me on shows because I guess they thought I might help them out or something. Yeah, of course. Because that that, I hit that guy up, like, and I go, yeah, dude, I go, I'm in town for, like, a month. I go, you have any of those shows? And he was like, yeah, man, I'll let you know if I have spots. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? What are you talking about? I can't do your shows anymore. I guess I can't. So, yeah, you had a you had a hot like month or whatever on SNL where every big club was giving you sets, right? Uh, I had a hot year. I was doing good for well, the hottest year I've ever had. <laughs> that's what people don't understand, man. I feel like it's kind of like a a little bit like pro athletes. Like that's one thing with the NFL. I know I'm trying to wrap this up too, but it's just about this. You know, like when they go, oh, these NFL guys, they, uh, you know, this guy committed suicide is because of CTE and like he got hit. And I'm not some scientist, I'm not saying that has nothing to do with it. But a lot of these guys, dude, if you are super famous and making a bunch of money and then your career's over at 29 or 31, or even if you have like a long NFL career, I mean, that's already long, but if you have a, a really long one, your career's over at like 34, most guys, I know Tom Brady's like an outlier, but. Most of these other guys, you play like two, three years, four, maybe you play like eight, nine years. That's a super long NFL career. 
you get depressed, dude. A lot of you know, oh, a lot of people yeah, have nothing else to do. For sure. Like I, I've been in this. I've been in doing acting and and modeling and stand-up comedy. Well, stand-up comedy less than acting and modeling, but I've been doing it since I was 22 years old. Now I'm 39, yeah. and I'm like, I'm kind of fucking burnt the fuck out. And now I have an art agent. I have an art manager. Um, I'm going to Art Basel in February. Um, it's like you kind of got to go where the wind's taking you. You're like, okay, I did that. That's cool. That was fun. I did a lot of cool stuff. I actually, I can say that I'm one person. I actually tested for Saturday Night Live, even though it doesn't come with a plaque that you didn't make it, which it should, yeah. because it's a huge honor. Um, but you get to look at the writing on the wall sometimes. You go, okay, maybe, um, maybe I'm almost. I love stand-up comedy. I, I love it more than anything. But I love art now too. So, but isn't that? It's also weird too because then you see your peers and like some people just make it so famous. And I'm not saying like. I'm not trying to be like whiny, like, oh man, like I no. can be that man. But it's like you just go, like I told my wife all the time, I go, I'm like happy for all the people I know that are super famous. I'm so happy for them. I genuinely am. But then sometimes I'm like, man, I'm like struggling to survive. I just want to, I just want to be making a living consistently. Not, you know what I mean? Like, I don't oh, care about you, making $10 million a year. I'm just like, how am I not making like just like a sliver of that? I go, then I know some of the most famous comics ever. Like, we, you know, we're all new faces together at Montreal yeah. or like, you know, you did shows growing, you know, not growing I know up, you whatever. look around though and go, how, how are they there? And I'm here. How does that work? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but it's, no, not for them. it's like, it's like good for them. No. It's just like, but Jeff, the yeah. thing I'm saying is we're good looking, we're good looking guys. And I, I don't know. Do you see any really, really funny, good looking guys on TV right now? That aren't that were net, that didn't start in stand up comedy. Like I look at John Krasinski, he didn't start off doing stand up comedy. He started off on The Office. I look at Chris Pratt, yeah. he didn't become a funny guy. He started off on Parks and Rec, and now he's a huge movie star. Uh, like it's a small sliver of guys that you see, like Simon Rex, maybe, but he was never a stand up comedian. It's weird. Yeah. I can't explain it. I don't know it. I don't know. Well, it's just weird too because like with the, your SNL thing, I mean. I, I'm pretty sure if they would have put you on SNL, you would have done fine. You know what I mean? It's like that thing of they just, you know, sure. they went with Pete Davidson and, no, you know, Pete Davidson's funny guy. No knock on him. But just like, I remember I, I did, also this is the last thing I'll tell you. I did a, an audition for the new Mad TV, right? Jamie Masada, the owner of The Last Factory, got me on the audition. And he was like, I'm, he's like, buddy, he goes, I'm friends with, you know, the, the, the producers and everything. He's like, I told him about you. He puts me on the thing and they go, just do, you know, stand up but if you like do some characters or anything you didn't have to go on stage and do characters right so i'm at the end of the night i had a good set but i didn't have like an amazing set i was at the very end of the thing but i did uh i did this bit about my father-in-law because i you know i go into like his voice you know he's from the mexican guy from mexico and so afterwards i'm not one of those that goes up to the suits you know like hey i'd like to introduce myself like i don't do that so Allison Jones, like big comedy casting director, one of the biggest, comes up to me. She's like, Jeff, Jeff, hey, good to see you again. Great job. She's like, hey. Um, you know, she named all the creators or whatever. They, they, she, they all want to, the people from the network, she goes, they all want to talk to you. I'm like, oh, cool. So I go over there. I don't know who's who, just a bunch of older white guys in suits. And they're all just like kissing my ass. Like, oh, man, you know, that was so funny, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, one of them goes, hey, man, he goes, so did your uh, – does your father know you do that bit, you know, about him, that joke about him? And I said, no. And then I, it's kind of like, I was just talking to people like you would talk to any crowd members after a show, you know? And I told him like this funny little anecdote. I go, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. I go, my wife told me that 
some guy at his job made fun of his voice once, and my father-in-law just slapped the guy in the face. You know, I go, so hopefully, hopefully he doesn't react like that when he sees it. And then I swear to God, this guy goes, he's a guy from the network, right? Goes, well, he goes, he's going to see you do it on Mad TV. Hey, Brady, was I ever on fucking Mad TV? <laughs> no. <laughs> that guy had the balls to say it. And dude, I, I, at that point, I was already in the business for like so long. I was just so mad that he said it because I'm like, this guy just told me I'm going to be on Mad TV and he's in the position to put me on Mad TV. And he just decided not to put me, like, I knew he wasn't going to, like, I knew there was a small chance I was going to be on there. That, like, if I was younger, that would have gotten me pumped. You know, I would have been like, oh, fucking mom, dad, Christy, everybody, I'm going to be on Mad TV. The guy told me, you know, but I knew that yeah. it was just him bullshitting. It's like, dude, I didn't need you to say that. Just tell me you really like me and you'll keep me in mind. You know, I don't, I know they already have the choices. But just so like, he's being you know, a dick. He wasn't being a dick, though. I think he was just, like, in the moment, enjoyed set. And wanted to, like, make me feel good or something. So he said that. But it's like, dude, I'm not 20 years old. You know, like, I I know that's BS. <laughs> like, I, like, him saying that made me think I was never going to be on Mad TV. But it's just like, my point is, there are these moments where, you know, somebody could, some other human could just change your life. And be like, oh, like, Lauren Michaels could have been like, oh, for sure. Like, yeah, we really like Pete Whitson, but, hey, man, Brady guy really knocked out of the park. Let's fucking put him on. Let's get, you know, and then, like, everything's different. And it's like, it's just weird how that little thing could have changed everything. It kind of sucks. I don't like how little things can change everything. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it would be nice if working hard just like worked out. Yeah. Well, if, as I say, we can just keep going and um, go on and that's the way it goes. What else are we going to do? Can't cry about it. I'm going to go on my one to two auditions a month and hopefully uh, book one of those. And hopefully I'm not in the same position I am uh, next year when I turn 40. 40 years old, 4 <laughs> What are you doing yeah. for that? You got a big, you got a big, you, 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 no. you going to do like an art show? I thought You've about that. Those, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I haven't gotten that for you. I'm, I'm kind of having a, um, sort of a midlife crisis myself, so it's fine. It's fine. Good. Good. There we go. That's uh, we like to end it on an upbeat note. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, All right, thanks, man. I, and let me know if you yeah. can come do the podcast tomorrow. Do you know what time it would be tomorrow? Do you have like a certain time? Or just uh, nine forty-five a.m. Is that when it is, really? Yeah, um, I mean it's the only slot open. Otherwise, we can do Friday. But I think you're busy Friday, right? Well, Friday I might be able to because I'm doing some charity show for K Rock DJ. But uh, I'll be up in yeah, LA. I can yeah, go up early, me, maybe. Yeah, let me know because I can make. We'll Friday figure work. it out. All right, guys, okay. BradyMatthewsArc.com, BradyMatthews13. Thanks, Brady. Thanks, bud. Thank you for listening to my daddy.